Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Big news still lingering over the NFL. Despite some great playoff implication matchups in Week 17, the benching of Russell Wilson in Denver. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. On your smart speakers, well, just say play ESPN Radio. I'm Gabe Knight, so along with Mike Wells as we fill in for the guys. And Carlin versus Joe is presented by Progressive Insurance. To help us break down... What exactly is going on in Denver with the Broncos? We welcome in a former Broncos running back who is now the co-host of The Drive on 104.3 The Fan in Denver. It is Philip Lindsay. And, Philip, we certainly appreciate the time. What did you make of the decision to bench What's Russell up, Wilson? Y'all? Thank you guys for having me today. The Absolutely. decision was wild, okay? We, we were sitting there. I was sitting there actually washing the dishes, getting ready for the show with Zach and I and we get text messages that Russell Wilson is going to be benched. Now, we've talked about it, and we've wondered, was this going to be a Derek Carr situation uh, in the making? And ultimately, it was. Because Russell Wilson would not take that cut with the injury, injury settlement, they decided to bench Russell Wilson, which to me, it's, it's, it's bizarre. Because now you're asking for this man to give money back to protect his body, and because he did not want to do that, you guys went, went on and benched him because you guys are pretty much out of the playoffs. That's the reason, because for me, if they won that game, if Russell Wilson would have beat the, the, the Patriots, would they have benched Russell Wilson knowing that they still had a good chance of making the playoffs? That's the question around here at Denver at this point. It's dividing a room, gentlemen. Right now it's dividing a room in a sense of what Sean Payton did, was it wrong? And what Russell Wilson did, you know, did he help himself? And so right now, people are kind of on, on the fence on both sides of the situation because people don't think that Sean Payton and the organization handled the situation with Russell Wilson like they should have. And the question was, why did they go to Russell Wilson when they were winning those games, when they beat Green Bay, when they beat the Kansas City Chiefs, and then you sit him down and ask for him to take a pay cut during that time? And now you have a situation where there's been chaos going on behind closed doors for a long time that nobody knew about. And then you had to go out there and win football games. So right now, y'all, it's just it's, it's hectic out here, man. I, I, first of all, Philip, uh, you said you were washing dishes. I'm assuming you were just loading the dishes in the dishwasher. You weren't out there. You weren't out there with, with suds on your hand doing an old school hand washing, right? Oh no no! You know what? I have to do that sometimes, man. I, like when the dishes get 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 filled, I gotta I gotta get down and dirty, man. Like old school style. I love it. I love it. I love it. Obviously, you said you were getting ready for the show when the news broke. I mean, was the phone lines just yeah. buzzing? What What was the reaction from the fan base in Denver on your show? Because I assume you probably did the entire show on the on the benching of Russell Wilson. Yeah, yeah. Did it. We, we did a whole segment, the whole entire day on Russell Wilson. And I think that people were shocked 
with at the beginning of the show, we didn't have a lot of uh, evidence. We just kind of had the, he said, she said, Sean Payton just got on the podium at that time and kind of expressed and explained why they made the change. And it made it seem like Sean Payton, for a very long time, had this in his mind that he did not want to be with Russ, that he, did, he could not, quote-unquote, fix Russ. And so, therefore, he found a, a way out by them not going to the playoffs pretty much, and now it's like Jared Stidham. Now, you guys have to remember, John Payton brought Jared Stidham in and gave that man $10 million to be the backup quarterback. Okay, so I feel like, and a lot of people feel like, John Payton has liked, liked Jared Stidham for a very long time. And the case was that maybe Sean Payton took the job in, at, at the beginning of the year with um, repercussions of saying, you know what, if I cannot fix Russell Wilson, can I opt out of this deal and cut him? And I think that that's where people are kind of confused and kind of angry. It's like you were supposed to come in as Sean Payton. You were supposed to come in here, elevate Russ, quote-unquote fix Russ, because we have a contract with Russ that has not even started yet. Yeah, that's that's the insane part about this whole thing is that the five year extension has yet to kick in as we talk with Philip Lindsay here on ESPN Radio and Carlin versus Joe Gabe Neitzel and Mike Wells filling in for the guys. Philip also the co host of the Drive one zero four three the Fan in Denver. So you brought up Sean Payton. How good of a job do you feel that he's done? How do the fans feel about Sean Payton with two games left in his first season in Denver? You know what. I feel like it's 50-50. I feel like there's a lot of fans that do, do not like what Sean Payton has done here so far from the beginning of the year. Okay, he, he has done a lot of things, questionable things at the beginning of the year, calling out coaches. Okay, uh, there was a, there, we couldn't even go to the, the camp. He didn't let any media into camps during, during uh, uh, preseason and fall camp. All right, um, when it comes to Russell Wilson, right, people feel like, Sean Payton has not put his offense out there to help Russ out. And therefore, people are sitting here, and myself included, are saying, did Sean Payton fail Russ? And in my eyes, I feel like Sean Payton has failed Russ. Because he was supposed to come in here, elevate Russ, put people around Russ, use the playbook that he used with Drew Brees, and help the Denver Broncos win games. But we did the exact opposite. Okay. You brought in, you brought in Sean Payton, and let me let me not forget to let you guys let you guys know, we used a first round draft pick to get Sean Payton to come here. So we gave up a lot of draft capital to get Russell Wilson. We give Russell Wilson a lot of money, and then on top of that, we bring in a head coach that has been out of the league for a year, okay, and give up a first round draft pick to get him. So we're sitting here thinking, okay, Sean Payton's here to fix Russ. And to me, I feel like he's done Russ a disservice. Um, and I think that's why a lot of people are on the fence. Some people think that, you know what, Russell Wilson's not the same. And, yeah, that may be the case. But also, has Sean Payton done enough to help Russell Wilson out here in Denver for his career in Denver? That's the question right now, fellas. I, I got to tell you, Philip Lindsay, uh, the former Broncos running back and co-host of The Drive on uh, 104.3 The Fan in Denver. I love your passion and how you're talking about this situation because it clearly has you worked up on, especially the fact that you, it seemed you get the sense that, you know, uh, Russell Wilson got done, you know, essentially a little dirty by the Denver Broncos in the situation. So I love how passionate they are. But with that said, it'll be Jared Stidham's yeah. show this weekend. Is there a legit it chance? It do, will do, be. You think you think it'll be a legit chance that he has a chance to win the job? 
these next the next year uh, over these next two games? See, that's hard. That's hard to to tell because the fact is he only has two games to do it in. So if he does if he does really well, well, he only has two games to do it in versus two. Ba- I'm not even gonna say two bad teams because the Raiders have just turned it on. Okay, the Raiders are a scary team, but you're playing the Chargers and then the Raiders. So if he does good or bad, he doesn't have a, a, a good enough sample size for somebody to say he can be the starter for next year. Although Sean Payton did make it clear that he does like Stedham by paying him $10 million and then on his press conference kind of explaining why he felt that Stedham could give them that spark. My question is, you get rid of Russell Wilson, you must have a plan. For me, it's like you're going to have to draft a young quarterback and you may have to keep Stedham. So now for the Denver Broncos and Broncos country, we're going to get set back yet again. We've been in a a quarterback controversy for many years, y'all. At one point, I was the quarterback. Now, I should have went and got a pay cut because I had to play quarterback for a game. So the Denver Broncos, I went through many quarterbacks, and yet we're still to this day talking about another set of quarterbacks coming in, a young quarterback and maybe Stedham, who possibly possibly is going to be here next year. And if he does well, he will be here next year, and he'll be a cheaper option. Philip Lindsay, former Broncos running back, and he's the co-host of The Drive, 104.3 The Fan in Denver, joining us on Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Gabe Nigel, Mike Wells, filling in for the guys. Where do you see Russell Wilson playing next year? Because I don't think it's in Denver. I don't think it's in Denver. Yeah, it's definitely not in Denver, y'all. I think that Russell Wilson, and I, and I think there's, there's, there's things out there that's saying it, um, and he's even liked posts on Twitter. If you guys go and look at some of the posts that are being posted about the situation, he has liked it himself. And so right now this marriage is over, okay? There, there's going to be a divorce. Therefore, they're going to have to fork up a lot of money, and Denver Broncos country is going to be in another situation where we're giving a quarterback money that's not going to be here. And I think Russell Wilson will go to another team and start somewhere. It could be somewhere like Atlanta, okay, if he wants to be a starter. Um, but there's going to be many of options for a quarterback like Russell because the mediocrity of quarterbacks at this point, I mean, look at, look at, look at the situation with many of these teams right now, y'all. They're playing their backup quarterbacks. So right now, somebody would still, if they didn't have to take on the contract, would take Russell Wilson. You can't tell me that they wouldn't. Yeah, we appreciate the time, Philip, and I, I, I can't imagine the drama that's about to follow this offseason in Denver. So, you know, brace yourself for that, my friend. We appreciate the time, Philip. Thank you guys for having me, man. And sorry I got to be so passionate. No, love it. We no, loved it. We loved it. You never, never, ever apologize for the passion. Never apologize for that. <laughs> Philip Lindsay, former Broncos running back, co-host of The Drive on 104.3 The Fan, joining us here on Carlin versus Joe, which is presented by Progressive Insurance. ESPN Radio has you covered for bowl game action. Tune in today. Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl, followed by the Pop-Tarts Bowl, and then the Valero Alamo Bowl. Coverage begins right after us in about 50 minutes at 2 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Coming up next, one coach getting ready for his biggest game of the year. So why is he being asked about where his next job might be. That's next after Mike has this from O'Reilly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts for do-it-right deals today. 
when is the last time you changed your anti anti antifreeze? Antifreeze may lose its ability to protect against freezing over time. Checking your antifreeze to perform in regular coolant flushes can help extend engine life. Right now, save two bucks on Xerox OE antifreeze and coolant. Don't miss do it right deals at O'Reilly Auto Parts or on O'Reilly dot O'Reilly Auto dot com. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Gabe Neitzel, Mike Wells. In for the guys today. Some bowl game action coming your way in about 45 minutes as well here on ESPN Radio. But we're also getting closer and closer to New Year's Day, which is when the actual college football semifinals are going to be, which is exciting since New Year's Day is traditionally that college football bowl game day. And the media day happened yesterday for the Rose Bowl, and they did it at one of the happiest places on earth. They did it at Disneyland, the press conference for Jim Harbaugh and Nick Saban. But of course, a lot of attention being paid to Michigan right now because of all this, the, the, the cheating scandals and the inappropriate contact during uh, a, a COVID dead period with, with recruits. And Harbaugh, is he going to be suspended for this? Is he going to continue to be suspended for that? What's going to be the future of this program? All those questions have led some to believe that Jim Harbaugh may be uh, taking a look at some NFL options this offseason. So at the media day press conference yesterday, Jim Harbaugh was asked about his interest in NFL head coaching jobs. Such a one-track mind. That's our. Um, that's the way we've gone about things. It's um, literally whatever day we're in, looking to get the most out of it, dominate the day. Then we'll go to sleep tonight and wake up tomorrow and see if we can't dominate that day. Um, it's a single-minded group. And, uh, it's very focused on just taking care of business today and see if we can't do the same tomorrow. 
Well, it's great to know that that's the way your team is looking at this, Jim. I don't know if that was necessarily the question, so you did a good job of dodging that, and understandably so. I mean, he's not going to be sitting there on the verge of being the number one seed in the college football playoff, on the verge of potentially making it to a college football playoff final for the first time in his career. And he's not just going to sit there and be like, oh, yeah, well, I'm thinking about, uh, you know, that the Chargers job looks interesting, and, you know, the, the Raiders job seems to be interesting, and taking, you know, talking about any of that so that makes sense to me. But also, I take note of no, oh, I'm at Michigan for the long term. This is where I'm going to be. This is where I'm supposed to be. We're building something here at Michigan. You know, we, we plan on going out there, winning this game, and then winning the national title. And that's going to be the first of many to come for this loyal fan base. Like, that wasn't the answer either. So by dodging the question entirely, I think it still gives life to the thought that maybe he ends up back in the NFL for the first time in a decade. You, you know, I've been thinking about it from when uh, we had this discussion during the Greeny show uh, earlier today, and I can't fault Harbaugh for saying it, especially if it's if he knows there's a chance he could leave for the NFL. I'd rather have him do what have him say what he just said rather than saying, nope, I'm staying here at Michigan. I'm here. Michigan's mm-hmm. my home. Because we have all seen coaches say, I'm not going anywhere. And then a few weeks later, an an offer that is so good that they can't pass up comes along and they leave. And then everybody says, well, hold on. It was a month ago where you said, no, I'm not going anywhere. And that would have been the case. That would be the case with Jim Harbaugh if he said, no, I'm right here in Michigan. I plan to be here forever. um, And I'm not going anywhere. And then all of a sudden, one of those head coaching jobs – Chargers, Raiders, or whatever other jobs potentially become open after at the end of the NFL season comes along, and he just says, "Man, they're giving me all this power. They're giving me all this money. I'm not having to go in and kiss up to a 17 year old and say, come on over. We'll get you. Come on over to Michigan. We'll get you a sweet NIL deal or whatnot, or deal with the portal or whatnot." I get it. So I, I give him a pass on how he's handled handled that situation now. Yeah, 100%. I would rather have him do this and leave that door open if that door is potentially open for him, which maybe it's also just a negotiating tactic, which he's done before, seemingly, oh, I could just jump to the NFL, and then Michigan ends up you know, throwing a little bit more money at him in order for him to stay with the Wolverines. And it is worth noting that the NFL has shifted its hiring policy and hopes to extend, they, they want to make sure they extend the duration of head coaching searches, again, taking a page out of the NBA playbook, making sure that you're staying relevant, you're staying in all these different news cycles. Teams seeking to interview coaches currently employed by another club are now prohibited from conducting in-person interviews with those candidates until the divisional, until after the divisional round of the playoffs. The previous iteration of the rule allowed in-person interviews a week earlier, which was after wild card games. It's still, it, which was always an interesting thing because chances are, if you're having success and you're playing in the divisional round or the AFC or NFC championship games, chances are you've got some assistance that teams want to talk to about their head coaching vacancies. Uh, So this applies to college coaches as well. So that means Harbaugh will have an extra week to figure out what job he wants after the national championship game. And uh, I'm guessing NFL teams are going to come after him, whether we're talking about the Raiders, whether we're talking about the Chargers, heck, whether we're talking about the New England Patriots, if everything happens there that we believe is going to happen and they announce some sort of mutual parting of ways with Bill Belichick. I I think Harbaugh would be a highly sought after head coach. And he's handling this the right way. And, and that kind of pains me to say because I have, 
I am so over every Michigan storyline right now because anything that happens, which, by the way, they've only done to themselves and Jim Harbaugh has done to that program, I am so sick of this program pretending that they are somehow, you know, the victims in all of this, that they're the ones who are being wronged, when in reality, this is a program that has really shown really no concern for rules or being caught because... To kind of quote Jim Harbaugh there, they seem to have a one-track mind, and that is winning at all costs. Listen, I don't fault any team that goes after Jim Harbaugh, the football coach. Jim Harbaugh is a heck of a, a, heck of a football coach. He won at Stanford. He won with the 49ers. Mm-hmm. He's winning at Michigan. He's got the track record. He has the resume of success. He's overcome not being able to beat Ohio State. He's beaten the Buckeyes three straight years. He knows how to win out there. So I, I get it. I, I totally I totally understand why NFL teams want to bring him in because he knows what he's doing from an X's and an O's standpoint. But now to change the rules, I mean, this could really, really drag out. It could really drag out. And if Michigan wins the national title, I think the number of teams that may have interest in him now is going to go up even more if Michigan goes out, beats Alabama in the semifinals, and beats um, Texas or Washington to go undefeated this season. The number will go up even more. If Michigan does not win a national title and Jim Harbaugh leaves, is the Michigan fan base going to be like, oh, well, it was the NCAA and the investigations that made him leave? Or is there going to be some anger behind him being one of their fellow Michigan men and kind of leaving the program a little high and dry without that national championship? Oh, man. I... I, I think there's going to be anger, but, you know, not being able to win a national championship. Yeah, you beat Ohio State, but you didn't get that elusive title. You didn't, you know, you got to the college football playoffs multiple times, but you did not you did not bring home the national championship and have a parade down whatever the main street is in, in Ann Arbor, Michigan, to celebrate it. You got us there. You basically, you flirted with us by leading us there, but you couldn't get the prize, and now you're off to the NFL where you're making millions and millions and millions and you're not having to do as much of the minutia work. Yeah, I understand why, especially in the day of NIL and the transfer portal, which are a part of the game now, I understand why a coach would want to go to the NFL. It seems like there's a lot less, I mean, there's still work to be done, but it's just different work. And it's not roster management work and making sure you've got all the right places, uh, the right pieces in place going forward because the roster has a lot more turnover now than it even did four or five years ago when he first arrived in Michigan and went back to college football. You can always join our conversation on the Dr. Pepper call in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. He's Mike Wells. I'm Gabe Neidsel, and Carlin versus Joe is presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and progressive.com. Coming up next, the college football playoff coming up on Monday. Nobody better than Paul Feinbaum to get us ready for that. He joins us next. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com 
today. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. So much focus, and understandably so, week 17 of the NFL season. Great games, great matchups. Game on Saturday with the Cowboys and Lions, Ravens-Dolphins on Sunday. But coming up on Monday, we finally get to the college football playoffs, which are right here on ESPN Radio. Don't miss the semifinals, New Year's Day. Rose Bowl starts 5 p.m. Eastern, followed by the Sugar Bowl at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. And here on Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, we welcome in Paul Feinbaum from the Paul Feinbaum Show to help us break down and get ready for the college football playoffs Coming up, I'm Gabe Neitzel along with Mike Wells. And we certainly appreciate the time, Paul. And all year long, you've been saying that you think that Jim Harbaugh is going to leave Michigan after the college football playoff. i got to imagine you feel pretty solid in that stance after hearing him address those rumors yesterday. Am I correct in that? Yeah, and listen, it's very easy to say you're not leaving when, when, when you're at one of the premier jobs in college football. And on top of that, uh, based on every available report, he's got about $125 million contract. What are you waiting for? Uh, normally, uh, it's protocol to say, yeah, we're, I'm, 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 re- I'm renewing right before a big game. Maybe it helps you uh, in recruiting. So, I, I mean, I, I think it's pretty obvious that he's leaving. Uh, I, I still haven't quite figured out how many words he, he wasted yesterday on, on saying nothing, but that's just who Jim Harbaugh is. Well, you know, you know, Paul, we've all been in the media for a long time. Uh, those are the type of people who have mastered the art of saying, using a lot of words without saying with any meaning behind it. So Harbaugh has a Ph.D. In, in, in that. When you when you look at Michigan's matchup with Alabama, what type of tests do you think the Crimson Tide will give the Wolverines that they have not seen this season? Well, I, I think it's about speed, something that I think all of us can understand. And I, I've had – I've had some people say that maybe the surface of the Rose Bowl negates some of that, but I, I don't think speed can be negated when when you compare and contrast. And, and I know it sounds provincial to say I you know when I watched the Ohio State game uh, with Michigan, and then a week later I saw Alabama play play Georgia. Just, it looks like the they're played at two different levels. Uh, talent on both sides, please don't misunderstand me about, I mean, uh, between Michigan and Ohio State there, there there's going to be plenty of uh, first round draft choices, but they just don't seem overall as fast. And I think speed in a game like this could be a tremendous factor. Talking with Paul Feinbaum, host of the Paul Feinbaum Show here on Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, ESPN App Series, 6M Channel Lady Gabe Neitzel and Mike Wells in for the guys today. With Alabama, they were almost left for dead after they lost to Texas earlier this season. Nick Saban rallies them. They're now in the college football playoff once again. Where do you think this season ranks among the jobs that Saban has done at Alabama? It is his best. Uh, and you know, whether he wins the title or not, and, and by no means is this a vintage Alabama team. I mean, just go back a year ago when 
you had uh, the number one offensive player taken in the NFL draft and the number one defensive player <laughs> taken. I mean, <laughs> there are a lot of really good players on this team, but uh, we're not going to see quite as many. There'll be three or four on 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 the first round, but that, that's uh, that's an off year for 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 an SEC team. But uh, I, I just think the fact that this this team was not only ruled out and, 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 and pronounced dead after the Texas game, they got down to their third-string quarterback the next week against South Florida because Jalen Milrow had been benched. Saban now has offered a, a varying view of that story, which I, I don't think too many people outside of Tuscaloosa believe. Uh, and, and then, you know, faced a number of different gauntlets. So the very next week after that uh, South Florida game, they nearly lost to Ole Miss. They were on the. They were down 14 to Tennessee. They struggled at times uh, at Texas A&M and against LSU. And I think everyone knows the Auburn game was was literally the miracle shot of, of the entire season. And had Auburn uh, not had a defensive coordinator who decided to take off that play and, and rush two and a half men, uh, <laughs> we wouldn't be having a conversation about Alabama. They'd be in the Cotton Bowl or. One of these other, uh, or the Sugar Bowlers, not the Sugar Bowl, but one of these, uh, one of these other games that we act like we care about, but we really don't. <laughs> I know some people may not believe us when we say this, but there's actually another playoff game on Monday night. Uh, so much is <laughs> talked about Alabama and Washington, <laughs> Alabama and, Te- uh, and Michigan, but there is Washington and Texas also playing in in the uh, the, the final game of the night. Who has the edge uh, between Huskies and the Longhorns? I think Texas does. And when you say the final game of the night, uh, the game is scheduled, I think, for 830. I don't, I don't want to talk ill of, of all of our employees, employers, but uh, that, that game will be lucky to start by 915 because you do have to get the Rose Bowl ceremony and the trophy presentation on live, on live television first. Um, but I, I think Texas seems a little better. Uh, Washington has the better quarterback in Michael Penix, but I think Texas is a little deeper. Uh, they're both they're both tested. Uh, you know, what's the difference? Uh, Texas does have a win at Alabama. I, I think that was, uh, w- along with Michigan's win over Ohio State, probably the two biggest, uh, and, and of course Alabama's over Georgia, the, the couple of biggest, uh, the biggest wins of the year. And Texas lost a game after that to Oklahoma, but it was a game that you know, came down to probably the last play. And and, uh, and nothing. Uh, listen, the Pac-12 had probably the most exciting season of, of anybody, but I, I think Texas just looks a little bit better. Uh, and, and and by the way, I, I, I confess I haven't given that game much thought. I'm glad you brought it up and reminded me to watch. <laughs> Paul Feinbaum, Paul Feinbaum show here on Carlin versus Joe on ESPN radio. I'm Gabe Knight, along with Mike Wells. And I feel like over the last decade, we've started and stopped the is Texas back hype train so many different times. But now they're actually in the college football playoff. Paul, uh, what's impressed you about the job Steve Sarkeesian has done to actually bring Texas back? They are back uh, this time around. Um I, I think what what he's done primarily is is is, is, a, is is as a coach and as a human being uh, rise from the dead. I mean, this guy, his career uh, was pronounced dead at, at Southern Cal a number of years ago, and and here we go again, giving one man credit for saving mankind. But Nick Saban gave gave him a shot. Uh, he brought him on uh, in his analyst room, where others have many other famous coaches have been, and. Uh, Sark was still struggling uh, with his demons, finally got through it. Uh, he even left uh, 
interestingly, to go to the Falcons for a year or two, and then and then Saban took him back after uh, Lane Kiffin left to go uh, to uh, Florida Atlantic, and he, he had an amazing run uh, at Alabama the second time around. And, and I think at that moment, Saban realized he had the best offensive coordinator in the country, and it wasn't long ago that Texas realized uh, the guy that we all thought was maybe the next great coach eight or nine years ago when he was at Washington and Southern Cal really, really was. And uh, that, that to me has been the remarkable story of Steve Sarkeesian. Um, last question before we let you go, Paul, what did you make of Florida state quarterback Brock Glenn saying they should be the national champions if they are the lone power five team to be unbeaten at the conclusion of the bowl games? I, I'm a big fan of comedy. I remember uh, having a conversation <laughs> once with with, with a, a guy who worked who was who was Trevor Noah's uh, top writer, uh, at the, at, and he said, what, "One thing we never do is punch down." So you're asking me to punch down at really the most pathetic, whining, sniveling program in America right now, <laughs> who can't shut up. Uh, I mean, it, they don't, they're not even. I'm not even sure they're going to be able to field a team in the Orange Bowl because everybody, including their, their their backup quarterback, has opted out. Uh, but they want to cry about something that's not going to happen. They're, they're not going to be able to claim the national championship because you have to be undefeated, and they'll be lucky if Georgia doesn't beat them by 40. Yeah, that's, that, that is certainly going to be a uh, quite possibly a lopsided game. Paul, we way, certainly— thanks for, the, thanks for the question, though. <laughs> and, thank, and thank you for the laugh I appreciate that <laughs> Paul we certainly appreciate the time hope you enjoy the college football semifinal games coming up on New Year's Day my pleasure guys thank you Paul Feinbaum from the Paul Feinbaum jo- joining us here on Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio and Carlin versus Joe is presented by Progressive Insurance on a busy week we've got some more quarterback news coming from the NFL plus as we do on Carlin versus Joe, we've got some losers to pick. It's coming up next. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Gabe Nigel, Mike Wells, hanging out with you today in for the guys. And we do have a bit of breaking news coming from the NFL. Breaking, breaking news? <laughs> yeah, it is a little bit. It's just a tiny little bit of breaking news as the Minnesota Vikings have decided to go to Jaron Hall, as Kevin O'Connell has announced that Hall is going to be starting Sunday night against the Packers in Minnesota, a de facto elimination game in the NFC playoff race. Uh, this is the fourth team that is making a quarterback change this week, as Adam Schefter pointed out on Twitter earlier today. Uh, Broncos making the change, we've talked about that a lot, from Russell Wilson to Jared Stidham. Uh, Giants going from Tommy DeVito to Tyrod Taylor. The Commanders going from Sam Howell to Jacoby Brissett. 
uh, Brissett, excuse me, and now Nick Mullins taking a seat on the bench in favor of Jaron Hall, who did start a game earlier this year before suffering a concussion, and then Josh Dobbs came in, and that started the whole quarterback carousel in Minnesota. Seems to be the right move, though, for the Vikings. What say you, Mike Wells? Listen, I, I, this, after what happened in the past 24 hours, I wanted something just as big as Russell Wilson in the breaking news category <laughs> of NFL quarterbacks. That's why we just played the little breaking news <laughs> one with the, with the horn that barely worked. I mean, since Kirk Cousins has gotten after the Vikings with the torn Achilles, the Vikings have been trying to hang on. They're, they're, they're remaining competitive. Props to them on that, but it, it's hard. It's going to be hard to be be successful without Kirk. And like I said, I wanted something as big as Russell Wilson news. Well, you're looking for him to be successful. Don't you worry that Joe Barry led defense, the defensive coordinator for the Packers. They can make even the worst quarterbacks in the league look good. Speaking of which, let's go ahead and get some, uh, let's pick some losers as we do here on Carlin versus Joe. Sometimes to stay ahead of the pack, you need to roll a little different. Pick giant losers. Let's pick some losers. Losers! Jets at Browns. So that's the first one. It is happening tonight, Thursday night football. Who is losing that game, Mike Wells? I am going to say it's going to be our producer Evan's favorite football team, the New York Football Jets. I know Robert Sala and and Joe Douglas got the backing of they're going to be fine job-wise, but the Cleveland Browns, despite the revolving door at quarterback, they are finding ways to win, win, win. And as Sal Powell mentioned earlier on the Greeny Show, they are one of the scariest teams in the AFC right now. Yeah, they are. I'm, I'm with you there. The Browns, super scary team. The Jets, I don't think anybody's scared of them right now. Um, so, yeah, the Jets are definitely losing the game, in my mind, tonight on Thursday Night Football. Let's jump to our next one. Lions at Cowboys. Bit of a more intriguing matchup here. It is Saturday on ESPN and ABC. Kickoff at 8.15 p.m. Eastern. Who do you have in that one? Who is going to lose Lions at Cowboys? Sorry, Jerry. You shouldn't feel, Jerry Jones, you shouldn't feel good where your franchise is at right now because you're going to be going into the Week 18 game against the Washington Commanders on a three-game losing streak. A three-game losing streak against playoff caliber football teams and the concern and the alarms are going to be sounding because you are struggling and people are going to wonder if Mike McCarthy is the right guy as the head coach and can Dak Prescott lead them in the postseason. Give me the feel-good story of the NFL season. Those Detroit Lions. That Lions team is a defense that has been struggling outside of their game against the Denver Broncos a couple of weeks ago. But they gave up 411 passing yards to Nick Mullins, who has just sat on the bench. Yes, they did pick him off four times. But I, look, I think the Lions are losing this game. The Cowboys are tough inside AT&T Stadium. They average nearly 40 points per game at home. I think they put up another big offensive effort at home. And the Lions lose that game on Saturday night. Let's start now with some games happening on Sunday. Dolphins at Ravens. Quite possibly the best game of the day. Ravens uh, hosting the Dolphins. You can listen to that game on select ESPN radio stations. Coverage begins at uh, noon Eastern for that one. But who do you have losing this one? Dolphins at Ravens. I'm going with the Dolphins on the L right here. Um, I love what the Dolphins have done offensively, but the Baltimore Ravens are the hottest team in the NFL. Five-game winning streak. Lamar Jackson is keeping 
um, himself and his teammates very humble after that impressive win against the San Francisco 49ers on Christmas night. I just think Miami is a very good football team in South Florida at home. Going on the road is a different story. Give me Lamar Jackson as he continues to move his way towards possibly winning another MVP trophy. Yeah, this one being at home, I think, tilts it really in the favor of the Ravens, so I am, too, picking the Dolphins to lose. Plus, you have to watch out for, I mean, I think Tyreek Hill, I think Jalen Waddle, I think they're both going to play in the game, but even if they're slowed down a little bit, they rely so much on that speed and quickness and agility. That's going to be tough, especially against a physical, fast, speedy Ravens defense. I am going to say the Dolphins lose that one. We are picking losers, as is the tradition here on Carlin versus Joe. Let's get to the next matchup. Saints at Buccaneers. Buccaneers, one of the hottest teams in the league and one of the hottest quarterbacks in the league is, shockingly, Baker Mayfield to the point where the Buccaneers are even talking about bringing back Baker for the 2024 season. But who loses this one, Mike? Uh, I am going to say the New Orleans Saints lose this game. And you never know. They might have a head coaching uh, opening for Jim Harbaugh to think about. But I love what Baker Mayfield has done. During this four-game winning streak for the Buccaneers, Baker has thrown six, eight, nine touchdowns and only one interception during this four-game winning streak for the Bucs. He has revived his career. And if Tampa believes he's the right guy going forward, bring him back for another year. And the Bucs are right there in the mix. So give me the Bucs the victory over New Orleans Saints in this NFC South divisional battle. Yeah, Saints are going to lose, and I think this is basically eliminating them from playoff consideration. The Buccaneers are starting to play some really good football, and it's because they realize, I mean, they've got enough pieces left over from a defense that won them a championship with Tom Brady a couple of seasons ago. But also it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, we've got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. They're pretty good receivers. We should probably just have... Baker throw to these guys and it's really a game plan that's worked out for them Saints losing on the road I've got the Saints as well what do we got next Raiders at Colts Raiders are a fun team with Antonio Pierce riding high though off their win uh, on Christmas Day in Kansas City against the Chiefs do they have another win in them or are the Colts going to be the winners here I'm going to say this is that the Raiders are the team that leads the letdown category for the week. Very impressive victory on Christmas Day against Kansas City. But they're going on the road again, facing the Colts, who went into Atlanta and just got blasted. Didn't play good football. I like Shane Steichen as a head coach. Great bounce-back game for the Colts. And if Aiden, if Aiden O'Connell can only throw 62 yards in a game, there's no way I see the Raiders going into Indianapolis as the Colts have an opportunity right in the thick of things for the AFC South title. Uh, I think the Raiders are going to keep on playing spoiler. I'm, t- I'm taking the Colts to lose Ooh. this game. Carter Minshew, I mean, the, the dude is a backup quarterback, but it's going to be an up-and-down roller coaster. I love what Antonio Pierce has, do- has been doing there. I'm going to say the Raiders win it. Pierce gets the interim tag left off. Colts are your losers in that matchup. What do we got next? Steelers at Seahawks. Seahawks starting to get healthy, playing good football with Geno Smith, but the Steelers coming off of a high offensive output last week. Who do you got losing this one? I got the Steelers losing this game. Pete Carroll, despite being 70-odd years old, still one of the best head coaches in the NFL. They're right there in the mix to try to, you know, to make the playoffs. I like what Seattle's doing. Post Russell Wilson showing it's not about simply the quarterback. Mason uh, Rudolph 
thank you for giving some life into that Pittsburgh offense, but it's a one-game thing. Give me the Seahawks over the Steelers this weekend. Yeah, I, I just can't trust Meese and Rudolph either. While it was fun to watch them actually get George Pickens involved last week and have, have, having to make, you know, having the opportunity to make a lot of big plays, traveling on the road in Seattle when the Seahawks are playing for something is a completely different animal. I am saying the Steelers lose at the Seahawks as the Seahawks continue to grab one of those last wildcard spots in the NFC. And we wrap it up with Sunday Night Football. Packers at Vikings. Just heard the Vikings are starting somebody new at quarterback in Jaron Hall. Both these teams still alive in the NFC playoff picture. Who loses and gets eliminated, Mike? Uh, I'm, I'm going to say the Vikings lose. Uh, you know, going for Nick, Nick Mullins to Jaron Hall. Um, Jordan Jordan Love's been, you know, I've liked what he's done in his first year in the post-Aaron Rodgers um, career at Green Bay. So give me the Packers over the Vikings. I just think, you know, you're going with the you're changing at the quarterback position. So give me Green Bay going on the road and winning. Yeah, I, I think that's a tough place to play. Minnesota's got enough defensive playmakers. They end up coming up over the Packers because, again, the Packers the last three weeks – Tommy DeVito, NFC Defensive uh, Offensive Player of the Week. Brady, uh, uh, Baker Mayfield, Offensive Player of the Week in the NFC. And then last week, best quarterback rating in his career. First time going over 300 yards in his career against the Carolina Panthers in Bryce Young. Packers lose that one. Coming up next, Rutgers, Miami. It's the bad boy mowers pinstripe bulls next on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Carlin versus Joe weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. The Carlin versus Joe podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.